0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday's uh, podcast. We are continuing our walk through the Gospel of Luke. Really glad that you are joining Shua and I, and I uh, can't wait to just dig in. Well, hey, Shua, how are you doing?
1: Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing all right. I... Uh, I, uh, we can tell, or I know, and people can tell that you're still, uh, uh, away. You're, um, still doing the quarantine thing, right?
1: Yeah, man. Two weeks. Yeah.
0: But you're coming to Getting the close, end of it. Though. Yes. You're coming to the end of it. Middle of this week. You'll be back and, and, uh, that'll be exciting. That'll be good. Uh, get out of the house and get back to some things. We'll, we'll be, uh, people should, uh, I guess, be expecting to see you, uh, leading worship this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, finally. This weekend I'll be back up there. We've got some big services coming up with Good Friday and Easter, so I'm excited to be back for all this.
0: You know, one of the things that people have been asking me about, and I'm just making some assumptions about, is that, boy, what is the church staff doing? I mean, now that you don't have services and you have to <laughs> be with people, I don't think I've seen our church staff work harder than they have in the last two or three weeks. And people right. just don't understand. We're like recreating church, in every every way you know and uh so for you guys we got easter coming up and yeah. uh that's going to be kind of a, a a different thing what it's going to be like for us to have easter online this year
1: yeah well t- to your point of just how much the staff's been doing it's been kind of blowing my mind um you know i was away the first week when all a lot of the changes had to start happening and and basically every department just kind of started innovating and figuring out what does our ministries look like from scratch uh, when we're doing this all over digital. And um, yeah, day by day, things have been changing as more information comes out. And I've just been really impressed with um, everybody on our teams who've been just figuring out ways to connect with people in really unique unique, and awesome ways. Um, for worship, we have some exciting things coming up for Easter. Easter. Um, I don't want to spoil a couple of the surprises that we have for that weekend service, but I do want to encourage everyone listening that when you sit down with your family to watch that service, I think it's going to be special. We're trying to um, be very aware of the fact that everyone is, uh, some of us are working from home. Many of us and all of us are trying to stay home as much as possible. And with that, we're craving community and we're craving connection. And so we're trying to weave that into the worship set in a really creative uh, way. And, um, And one thing I would say is, is, we're all aware that this year things are going to feel different and this is going to be uh, a very different Easter. But I'm thinking that people are going to look back on this year's Easter very fondly. And I think some of the things we're going to do are actually um, going to make this year very special and, um, and hopefully it's going to hit home for people in a, in a strong way.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. I, I, we're going to really encourage people to invest in Easter. So even starting this weekend as uh, Palm Sunday and we'll, have all kinds of stuff for Holy Week for people to be doing spiritually and as families. I'm encouraging people to start planning for Easter, start planning and we're going to get our family together even through social media. We're, we're actually talking about, you know, having a meal together but not together where we get people on Facebook Our our FaceTime calls and they're eating there and we're eating here, but we're together and just uh, we're going to I'm just going to challenge families to get up, get dressed, make Easter a special day. Right now, the weather forecast looks like extended, obviously, but looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. And there'll be a great opportunity to, to celebrate the resurrection, the hope we have to invite friends and families through, you know, um, um, uh, you know, shared viewing experiences and and um, um, viewing rooms and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of opportunity for us to celebrate the resurrection in deep and profound ways, you know. And that that's a big part of what the whole staff has been doing. If you haven't looked at jacobsworldchurch.church, church and backslash the corona page and just all the page. There are so many tools, resources that our staff has been creating, doing. We have been calling. We've been reaching out. Our volunteers have been engaged. The truth is is that we've engaged hundreds, and I would actually say thousands of people more than we have even in the, the weeks leading up to what's been going on with uh, us not being able to meet in the physical location. So God is at work. The church is alive and well and exciting stuff as we figure out how to be a church that is high-touch even when, you know, we can't touch. And so um, that that is what makes the passage of Scripture we find ourselves in this week so incredibly powerful, so incredibly important. Um, it's a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 15, and it's that passage of scripture in which Jesus has now turned his face towards Jerusalem, and he is making his final journey up to Jerusalem, and it's going to culminate in the passage we'll look at this week, and uh, where Jesus arrives in Jerusalem with the triumphal entry. But but at the heart of this is 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 Jesus trying to communicate to the religious establishment how much um, he loves people. That what is at the heart of God is that people matter to God more than institutions, more than wealth, more than rules, more than religion, more than regulations. People matter to God. And because of that, people should matter to us. And so everything we want to be doing, particularly in a season like this, has to be about us meeting the needs of people, and so uh, the story begins in uh, Luke chapter fifteen with the story of uh, uh, things that get lost, and and what happens is, is that Jesus uh, is 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 teaching, and in Luke chapter fifteen verse one, this most wonderful statement that says, "Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him," and and sure that's happening all over the place. I mean, I'm amazed yep. at the spiritual interest, the spiritual curiosity, how many people are coming out of the woodwork and and saying, okay, God, where are you in this? And for some people, that's a joyful renewal process. Other people, it's, um, it's a, a crisis process. But people are being drawn near to God in a powerful way. Um, and you would think that the people of God would rejoice in that. But then in verse 2, you have this statement about the Pharisees and the scribes grumbling, and and I tell you what, if if there were ever a temptation right now to grumble, I mean it would just be like off the chart. The the temptation right now um, to to you know as we're getting into the second and for some people the third week of this whole thing of being at home for us to start embracing negativity for us to be starting to get angry to start getting easily annoyed and then to start you know looking for places to park that because that's what the, the pharisees and the scribes do they say this man receives sinners and eats with them and so they get this self-righteous point they hang up on and they put all of their grumbling on it and 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 one of the things that I think we need to understand about the nature of this grumbling is that this grumbling that we feel inside of ourselves and the grumbling that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law were experiencing was a grumbling born from insecurity and fear. Because this Jesus has come on the scene and he is having this incredible um, um impact on people, and people who have never listened to the Pharisees and the scribes, people who are far away from God, are coming to God, and he's challenging them, and now they've got to make room in their hearts for these people. In addition, Jesus is challenging these Pharisees and these teachers of the law on their most fundamental beliefs and the things that they're certain about, and the whole world seems to be changing, and that creates fear and anxiety that manifests itself in this grumbling in this anger, you know, and then they find a place to park it. And and how big of a temptation is, is it for us to do that same kind of thing? And so Jesus, recognizing this dynamic going on, being the master teacher, the master discipler, the master um, um, shepherd, doesn't just come right at him right he he doesn't say well what you're experiencing actually is you're transferring your anxiety into grumbling which is transferred on this point point. and let me explain he doesn't do that which is of course what i would do but instead what he does is he tells these parables he tells these stories it's jesus's way of coming at them sideways of disarming them of helping them to to um recognize that uh that, that that they're thinking in a way that's going to lead them to a broken place. It, it, it's meant to knock them off their certainty. And so he tells them three stories. He tells them stories about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And the thing that's so stunning to me is that the first story is about someone's job, someone's business. You've got a shepherd and their business um, is in jeopardy. And the second is about it's about wealth. A woman who, who has 10 coins, one of the other gospels calls her a widow. And so you get the idea that these 10 coins are everything she has to live on. And, and part of that has been lost. And then the third has to do with relational loss, has to do with a father and a son and a dynamic in that relationship, two sons actually. And, and so these are real to life, just experiences that people are having that a lot of us are having right now. And there's a pattern in each one of these parables, right? There's a pattern where what you see is first of all that something really important got lost. Something really important got lost. And then the second pattern is is that an all-out search was 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 put forward, incredible effort to find that thing that was lost. And then the third is that once that thing that was lost was found, there is a huge celebration, that this is the cause for joy and celebration and meaning. And what Jesus does with all three of these is that he then brings that back and he says, listen, the thing that is really precious that's been lost is people. And that because the kingdom of God was coming in the time of Jesus, people are being found and therefore we should rejoice. And so this is an invitation for Jesus an invitation to come into joy to come into meaning to come into purpose and he's pri- he's speaking primarily it all comes back to chapter 15 verse 1 he's speaking to those to those ones at uh, verse 2 rather he's speaking to those pharisees and those scribes who are grumbling? And again, it, it could not be more relevant for us. I mean, um, in verse uh, seven of chapter fifteen, he wants us to see that what matters is people. He says, "Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents over the ninety than over the ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance." And so, what he's wanting us to understand is that that and wants them to understand us to understand is that you're grumbling will keep you from not only seeing God, but also from seeing the opportunity to love people. He he continues it in verse 10. He says, just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so what matters to God, what causes God joy, what is the source of what God is up to, is calling people back to him. He 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 really deeply doubles down on it when he gets to the story of the, the prodigal son. Now we we all know the story of the prodigal son most of us anyways. There was this guy had two sons. And one, the younger one, the one who who uh, really shouldn't have been doing this, he goes to the father and he says, hey, I want my inheritance now. And then the father gives it and he goes off. And then he's, he's living and while living. And it says when he came to his right mind, he remembered his father. He came back. And the father ran down the road to see him and he embraces him and this incredible story of redemption and healing and the most beautiful thing uh, that we can imagine um, in the father's joy. And so the father then has this huge celebration. But the truth is, is that this is actually a story that is more about the second son than the first son. The, the second son who, who never technically left home but also we're going to see is not willing to come into and to trust the father's love. So what we see is in, in, in verse 27, um, uh, um, uh, verse 28, we see again the grumbling. It says, when the older son found out that the younger son had returned and that the father was welcoming him, in verse 28 it says, but he was angry, he was angry. So again, that grumbling, grew to anger, grew to, to self-righteousness, and, and he found a place to park it. Um, but he was angry, and look at this, he says he refused to go in. And, and that's a warning for us, right? That during this time where there's a huge amount of uncertainty and we're feeling deep insecurity, and we're actually feeling fear. When that fear grows to the point of grumbling, that grows to anger, it can actually keep us from coming in to the comfort of the Father. It can actually keep us from, from entering into the joy and the celebration of the things that God is doing to draw people back to him, and so um, what we see is we see um, this this dynamic going on, um, and and look at look at the 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 things the son says to justify his anger. He says to the father, "Look, these many years I have served you, and so in that you have entitlement." you have self-righteousness, you have just this sense that God, or the Father, and in, in our case, God, you owe me. And I never disobeyed your command. So that's exaggeration, right? We tend to exaggerate our goodness, and we also tend to exaggerate other people's sinfulness. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. So basically saying, you never gave me enough. You have disappointed me. You haven't met my needs and, 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 and I'm focusing not on what I've been given, but what I'd have not been given. And then in verse 30, but when this son of yours, do you see how he pushes the son away from him? It's not my brother. It's your son who you devo- who has devoured your property with prostitutes and killed the fatted calf. That's just a harsh statement. I I think if they would have had Twitter back in that time, he would have tweeted that out. And <laughs> just this horrible yuckiness in in his heart that is born from anger that is really just about insecurity and fear. And 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 you know so much of the the, the question I. I I, I want to ask this second son is are, are you just afraid that the father wouldn't celebrate with you the way he would celebrate with this other son that 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 you're afraid that that somehow or another um you're not precious to the father and that and that's what makes verse thirty one such a beautiful thing um he 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 says this it says um and the father said to the son, okay um, um i would point out by the way just this simple thing very often when we, we 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 look at the story of the prodigal son we put emphasis on the fact that the father ran down the road to meet the son who was returning well, well one of the beautiful things about this scripture is that it says the father left the party came outside of the house to the other son So very often we will present, whenever we talk about the Pharisees or the teachers of the law, are people who are trapped in religion and in self-righteousness and in rules and in regulations and in entitlement. We get the idea that God doesn't love them, but he deeply loves them. These stories are about a call to people who are trapped in anger and resentment, and who are trapped in self-righteousness. Look what he says to them. Um, He says in verse 31, he says, and he would say this to us, he would say to him, my child, you are always with me. You're precious to me. I love you. you. You are mine. And, and all that I have, all that is mine is yours. And, 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 and I pour out goodness on you. If you would see it, if you could get off the grumbling, you would see you're actually deeply blessed. He says, but it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother was dead and is alive and was lost and now is found. And so this is an opportunity. This is an invitation for the father to shake us off our certainty our self-righteousness that needs to grumbling and anger. And it's an invitation back into his joy. It's an invitation back into healing relationship. It's an invitation for us to, to, to recognize, you know, um, boy, um, I have let my heart get to a dark place. You know, Shu, I, I think we're probably at the point in this journey where, where the reality is starting to sink in with people. You know, we're in our, like I say, second or third week of this, and people are starting to recognize, we're going to be doing this for a while. Oh, man. Uh, And that then um, becomes kind of sobering. And at that point, it becomes uh, important for us to be aware of our anxiety with that, our fear in that, you know, our grief and what we feel like has been lost, our or the letting go of our expectations. And, and now we're walking an uncertain path. And if we're not careful, that anxiety will grow to a fear that then will manifest itself in grumbling, and even in anger, and in blame. And, and man, we, we, can, we can then look for some place to park that. We can park that anxiety. We can we can start blaming the government or part of the government, left or right, or we can start blaming you know our spouse, or our kids, or or or, or even God at some point. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming back and saying, "Okay, where is this 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 grumbling coming from?" Well, where it's coming from is from this anxiety and this fear that I'm feeling. And I'm going to bring that back to God through prayer and through meditation and through through trust, so that it frees me then to come back and to recognize that people matter to God, and that I can love people and I can be high touch um, instead of being, you know, um, a person who refuses to go in. Notice it says the son refused to go in. It can keep us. This this blaming, this 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 grumbling, this 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 brokenness inside it can keep us from entering into the father's comfort and in the father's joy and to miss the things that the father is doing even in the midst of this profound uncertainty. You have any thoughts about that, Shu? Anything you want to jump in on Yeah, I don't
1: know. This this whole story is is so beautiful and it shows the two different sides of people who are far from God and those who are close and, and this beautiful picture of God coming out to both
0: and yes. his love
1: and bringing people in. Um, yes. At different times I can see myself in both the different sons in the <laughs> story. Um, and then what you're talking about now with, with where we're at now, um, fear and anxiety are, are, it's just easy for those things to, to come up right now and to take hold in us and for this like root of maybe bitterness or frustration, um, yeah. to kind of take over. And, uh, right now what we really need more than anything is for love and unity to win out. Yes. You know, with the people that we are at home, um, quarantined with, with the people that, um, are in charge of our government and our, and our country and, and, and everything else. And so I think there's a lot of power there in realizing that the temptation right now is to, to grumble. Yeah. And it is to turn towards those things. And if we can acknowledge that that's the temptation, then we can see um, that there's a better way. And then we're being called to something um, stronger than grumbling, and that's compassion, and that's mercy, and that's love.
0: Yeah, and, and for us to, to you know recognize that the interesting thing about this pa- the passage is that both sons left home. One literally left home, one metaphorically left home. Both were estranged from the father you know both were trapped one was trapped in blatant sin the other in self righteousness you know one was trapped in religion the other one was trapped in you know immorality whatever it is but 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 jesus's call is for all of us to enter into his joy and for us to understand that that we're going to have good days and bad days so so this is what's going to make uh, it so important for us to be a church that's high touch even when we can't touch for us to be people who reach out because you, you may be having a great day today or a good day where, you know, God is God and you got it. And you're going to reach out to another person who maybe very often is this, a strong person, but you're going to have the perspective that's just going to carry them that day. And then tomorrow you may be in a kind of a gray place or a dark place. And that same person may come back around and help you find your feet in the most wonderful way. And, and, and this is why it makes so important that the church be the church. It makes me so grateful for, about the church because I'm just seeing so many people out there who are just being honest about their fear. They're bringing it to God in prayer, okay? They don't go the other way of blame and anger, but instead they come back and they just, they, they, they're bringing it to God. And then God's using them. It's our small group leaders. It's our, our care ministers who are, who are man, I, I just want to say, if you're a care minister or a small group leader, thank you for helping us, for leading with us, for shepherding the church together. Um, It's just a really very cool thing. It's a very powerful thing. Um, I do want to point out that in the rest of the reading this week, I just want you to really look for those stories that are all about the people dimension. And so there's all kinds of stories in here, but at the heart of so many of them are this uh, is is this truth that people matter to God and so you have the story of the rich man Lazarus who thought life was about wealth and about prestige, prestige and about comfort only to see the story of Lazarus who actually finds ultimately God's comfort, it's another picture of people mattering to God. You're going to see stories of uh, lepers cleansed; those ones who were untouchable. Actually, Jesus brings healing to them. You're going to see um, stories um, about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. And um, because he came to Jesus in pride, Jesus quotes the law to him only to have the man, it says, leave away sad because he had great wealth and possessions. His possessions were keeping him from God. Um, you're going to see the wonderful story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Again, a story, you know, a wee little man who climbs a tree just to see Jesus, and Jesus welcomes him in. And, and we're going to see the story of a deep level of repentance in Zacchaeus as he comes to God. Um, there's just these incredible stories of of Jesus, who was high touch. okay. And we want to be like Jesus, we want to be high touch, even though we can't touch. We want to be reaching out, we want to be calling, we want to be loving one another. All the way to the end of chapter 19, when Jesus comes back and he enters into Jerusalem for that last time. And so he'll enter into Jerusalem And then when he's let out of Jerusalem, he's let out carrying a cross. And so um, you have this incredible picture of Jesus um, being high touch and the challenge for us as the church to just do the same. And so as we are uh, out there, church, reading through the Gospel of Luke, let's just um, let's just remember um, just the, the the message of those things that are lost, that the most precious things that could be lost are people. And people matter to God. And because they matter to God, they matter to us. And that's, let's not let our fear and anxiety drive us to the point of grumbling and blame and anger to the point where we just start parking on some issue that we're going to, we're just going to go to war over because that will keep us from coming in with the Father, coming into his comfort coming into his joy, and it'll keep us from being people who um, just, again, um, are able to be high touch and share the love of God. God is at work, and people are being drawn to God, and it's just, it's just a very, very cool thing. Shua, you got anything you want to add before we check out?
1: Yeah, well, where we are in the story is we're just about to enter into Jerusalem. We're getting into the part of the story, which is Holy Week, and um, as we look at, at Friday and Easter coming up, it's it's this incredibly powerful story that we hang our whole faith on, the, the power of the gospel of, of Jesus coming and, and saving us and changing us. And I think what I'd like to say is let's all, as we enter this time together, um, do it with with a, a desire to really experience it and to really be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think this year is going to feel different, and it's going to be uh, an Easter experience that we will remember uniquely because of how— um, strange and different our world is. Um, and I know for myself, there's been years where holy weeks have come and gone. And every year, it's a, it's a chance to remember and to, to focus on the cross. But, um, but normal everyday life sometimes makes that story easy, or maybe makes that story seem simple. And what I'm hoping for myself and for all of us as a church is we have a unique opportunity right now where we are very focused on uh, where our world is and where we are at in our relationships with God. And um, and I would uh, encourage all of us to just really allow ourselves to experience Holy Week to its fullest, to be reminded of the gospel in a way that is so um, tangible and real and authentic to us. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I just want to give everybody just a little bit of, of, of freedom to... Be honest with where you are with yep. God right now. Yep. You know, all of us, I think, um, are experiencing our faith walks in in slightly different ways. Some people, because of what's going on, um, it, their faith is, is surging right now and it's powerful and it's strong. And, and I praise God that, 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 that this is causing them to run closer and closer to the Father. That's beautiful. But for others, um, this might be a really hard time. And it might be a time that actually uh, is bringing up questions and struggles and anxieties. Maybe um, it brings up um, some some things in your past or some issues that you're struggling with that you thought were dealt with that you realize are kind of coming to the surface. And um, I think the, the real thing is um, our God is big enough to, to see us, to acknowledge us, to love us um, exactly where we're at. And... Um, and let's instead of uh, shying away in any way, let's just come to the Father in truth and honesty and experience all that he is.
0: I think that's a great word, man. And with that, um, let's just uh, sign out and uh, fully engage in this challenge to just be the people of God um, wherever we're at, where we find ourselves on our journey. All right. Well, Shua, thanks for uh, checking in and thanks yeah. for walking with us on this journey. We look forward to seeing you lead and worship with us this weekend. and um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, staying connected. All right, church, just keep being the church. Remember, the challenge this week is for us to be high touch, even though we can't touch, as uh, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ.